0: As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. During the season leading up to Easter, we're working through the final words of Christ. Today, the contrasting responses to the crucified King. If you are enjoying any part of the Quiet Reformation podcast, we appreciate you sharing it, rating it, commenting via Apple Podcasts. Outro music this season is from Aaron Strumpel. You can connect with him online through the link in the show notes. When we think of the grandeur or majesty of God, we might think of the Milky Way, the galaxy. We might think of the cosmos. We might think of the incredible, mind-boggling work of our creator God. Today, as we look at the second of the phrases that Jesus speaks from the cross, I believe it's a phrase that encompasses the majesty of Jesus in a simple and yet really profound way. The phrase is Jesus turning to one of the thieves on the cross next to him. And he says, today, I tell you the truth, you will be with me in paradise. This whole scene around the cross, the storylines developing, Luke is showing us what's happened. The first section where we read about Jesus asking the father to forgive the people who are doing all of this to him transitions into the place where it begins to describe not only what's happening to Jesus physically but what it is that spiritually emotionally is swirling all around him we're told that there's people who are mocking him and telling him if you're actually the king if you're actually the messiah then get down off the cross and then it tells us there's a sign above his head that talks about him being king of the jews and then framed on either side of the cross is two other crosses And it's almost as if Jesus is telling a parable because Jesus often contrasts things in parable showing different perspectives or vantage points that we can take or different decisions that we can make. But all of Jesus' teaching and all of his parables are working to help us see reality. And here playing out in the story of Jesus' life is reality framed on each of his shoulders or each of his outstretched hands. On one side, he has a criminal who is still trying to be in control of his life, full of pride, unwilling to admit his need, mocking Jesus. If there's anything in his mindset that's actually authentic, he's saying, Throw me a bone, Jesus, if you really have what it takes. I want the winning lottery ticket. Get me off of this thing. And so his phrase to Jesus, is, aren't you the Christ? Aren't you the king? Well, then save yourself and save us. He's looking for a handout. There's no repentance. There's no brokenness. There's no acknowledgement of the worthiness of him being on this cross. All there is, is a mocking of Jesus and at the same time, an invitation for the genie to throw him the winning lottery ticket. At Jesus' other hand, is someone who brings reality to the situation he speaks to that thief who just spoke and he says do you not fear god now remember fearing the lord is the beginning of wisdom it's the beginning of knowledge so when we fear god we actually start to see life as it is and know how to operate within it and what this man says is he says do you not fear god here we are And we deserve to be on these crosses, but this man's done nothing wrong, and yet you mock him. And he turns to Jesus and he speaks something incredible himself. He says, Jesus, he doesn't call him, everybody else is just kind of generically saying, if you're the Christ, if you're the Messiah, he calls Jesus by name personally. And he says, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, who is it that told this man? that Jesus is a king. Everyone around is mocking him for not being a king, not being a messiah. But there's something about the way this guy is looking at the situation that is opening his eyes up to see reality. Reality is that Jesus is the messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the king. And here is the king being murdered by humanity. And yet this man has the faith. To believe that Jesus is somehow in charge and that he's serving in a way that's bigger than anyone can see. I believe that this man is gifted with imagination. Imagination is a key part of faith. Faith is about seeing the things that are not visible to the physical eye, but they can be seen with the eyes of the heart. And imagination has a lot to do with desire. In fact, there's passages in the New Testament that talk about the imagination of men and women turning evil. And sometimes that word gets translated there, the desires turned evil. It's about what we want to see. It's about in our, in our minds, the fantastical part of our minds, the imagination, drawing up what could be. And that can be shaped in ways that are evil and selfish, that cause terrible imagination, creating terrible things, or our imaginations can be shaped by faith and by the word of God, the truth. And I believe this is why Jesus turns and speaks to him. And the first thing he says is, I tell you the truth. So everyone else is speaking to Jesus and he's not responding to their mockery or their accusations. But when this man looks around with great imaginative faith and sees a crown on Jesus' head and sees a sign above him that says he's king of the Jews, he actually believes it, that this crown is a real crown and this sign is naming reality. And it's speaking the truth of God, even though it's put there at the mockery of men. And so Jesus then says, I'm going to tell you the truth. This one who humbles himself, who accepts that he is broken and in need of a Savior. Jesus says, here's the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And what is paradise? Nobody knows exactly what paradise means here. It could mean any number of things. But people think you can buy two tickets to paradise by flying to the Caribbean or Paradise is some figment of the imagination. And maybe it is, because it's the imagination that brings us into faith, seeing that which is unseen with the physical eye. And there is something in the imagination stirring in this man that believing in the midst of his deep sin that there is a king who can still provide victory and redemption. And what greater paradise is there? than to be with that king. And this man on the cross was already beginning in the midst of all of his pain and suffering as the consequences of his sin, beginning to experience the foretaste of paradise, which is about the presence of God, the presence of the king. And Jesus knows in a few hours, today, still, you are going to experience what it means to be with me where those physical eyes can't see but where your heart is already believing for what an amazing christ what an amazing messiah that as he suffers unjustly his heart is still looking his eyes are still roaming seeing whom he can strengthen whose faith he can bolster and what sinner he can provide mercy for. Today, Jesus, we ask that you would remember us as you come into your kingdom.